seems to happen every single week. Friday night, favorite night of the week. Here we are. Get to hang out, have some fun. Talk Springtime. About springtime. Get to talk about all the great things happening in Pittsburgh's technology sector. Great men and women stuff. Lots of good stuff. I love yeah. that we have um, the beginning release of our state of the industry. It's coming up. I know it's looking backwards, but at least it gives us a big, a bit well, of a snapshot. It's the most recent data we can collect for our state. I know. Of the we always, I know. I mean, we I always really lag by a couple years because that's right. when the data well, is available. Just released. Um, I guess it's Ernst and Young works with Innovation Works to release their um, report on. Their venture ve- money. Their, their venture right? reports coming out. Right. Uh, but I know yeah. that the early numbers on venture money were down. Yeah. By about 20% that from last year. Really? Maybe. Oh, I didn't know. Maybe. That. Okay. Yeah, maybe. And, you know, the good news is is that, um, you know, that there were more corporate investments this year, really? this last year, than there were oh. ever before, which is great. Um, but the not so good news is that the over, you know, the arc in the U.S is that last year was the highest amount of money on the ground since dot-com. Across the United States. Yeah, across but, the United States. So, but it was down in Pittsburgh, though. Yeah, that's so we were fun. down. What's driving that, do you think? I don't What's know the... what's driving that. I think it's too early. I yeah. think if you ask me in a couple of weeks, I'll put my head more around the information to yeah. see. Um, but it doesn't mean that uh, you know things aren't going well. But what's interesting is we're going to also have a census coming out, so hopefully that'll be interesting. Uh, in terms of, you know, the real deep dive, this is a big year for the census. Yeah, I know you've and been thinking about this a lot, this, too. Yeah, and the census, you know, in terms of what, um, you know, what is our population? There's been a really big effort from the government to really doing a census that's not just, uh, that's st- more than statistically significant, that the accuracy is really high. Yeah, they're really trying to, to yeah, that. Yeah, really trying to do yeah. that, and I'm excited by that. Absolutely. Um you know, I've been doing a lot of reading, which I always do because I'm so boring, that, uh, you know, there's this new book that just came out. Thanks to one of our board members, Stephen Carter, who's um, yeah, at CNX. CNX. He's good guy. He's an, uh, Yeah, he yeah. leads tech and some innovation for them. And he was up at MIT and he said, hey, I'm listening to this guy talk about his book. And it's called How, to, How Breakthrough Science Can Revive Economic Growth and the, Economic, and the American Dream. And... Uh, it's called Jumpstarting America. And there's a section in there on Pittsburgh. You have a hardback, to... too. It's impressive. I love hardback. I know. It's like a, it's like a legit. Don't you like hardback? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's yeah. impressive. I feel like I'm reading. I never You're made the movement into a Kindle. Books are good. I know. So anyway, they're talking about quality of life. They're talking about the major problem facing superstar cities is the constraints on real estate that have driven, you know, um, housing prices up really high, like in Seattle and yeah. San Francisco and oh, New York. Goodness. Can you imagine having to drop like 1.2 million to own a ranch house? <laughs> I mean, to me, it's just no, I wouldn't be able to. my eat. mind. Yes. But the other thing <laughs> is, another issue is how long workers have to commute to their jobs. Commuting makes people very unhappy. Right. I guess you very got... unhappy. So oh. pause with that. Right okay. now, you remember we just got raided in terms of our traffic situation here yeah, in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is not good for the traffic right, right. now. Right. And so also safety. People really care about safety and places to live. It's back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, of course. Exactly. So here's – this is an example that I just wanted to share. So they talk about a great example is Pittsburgh, this this city of 2.3 million, um, which they meant the region. It's a little off. And they're saying that – has a highly educated population. 35% of the people 25 and older – have a college education. You and I know that it's 
between the ages of 24 and 35. That's what they're saying here, and that is quite entrepreneurial. They're saying that there's 0.4 patents per worker, more than double the national average. I didn't know that. That's I didn't know that either, right? Huh, so that's okay. sort of interesting. Yeah, yeah. This book has just been released. Again, I'm, I'm taking an excerpt out of a book called Jumpstarting America. And um, as we know, both Jonathan and I are critical thinkers, so we don't just take information as fact, no matter who's written it. Um, and they're talking about has excellent schools, 14 top 20 science programs, mm-hmm. and an average of more than 100 undergrads per year going to top PhD programs. So that's Pittsburgh. We're still talking about it. Low housing prices. They're saying an average house is $183,000. Sounds about right. Does it seem about right? Yeah. In the region? Yeah, so. that might be right. And that's below the typical and comparative MSA. Low crime rates. 29 not violent crimes per 10,000 people, which is about 10% below the national average. And they're saying that there's a downside to Pittsburgh that it's the long commute, the commute that many people have to endure. Yep. That only 60% of the people commute less than a half hour compared to the national median of 72%. Mm. So isn't that fascinating? So it's commute distance, which you and I have heard even in our own offices. Well, even ourselves. I mean, thank God I ride my bike to work a few times a week. And so I don't count that as a commute. I count that as me time. But on the days when you do take your car, for me, my commute has almost increased by, I'd say, 40% since we moved to our new has offices it? in Nova Place. But and, how and many miles moved, difference is it? It's only two and a half miles difference, but that two and a half miles is adding 20 minutes to my commute because it's going through the most congested part of the city. When you're getting from the parkway, or when you're trying to get to the parkway from the North Shore, right? it is always a snarl to get over. Whether you're taking 28 or the parkway, it takes forever to get. Well, but what what really jumped out at me, yeah. right, was the fact of happiness and commuting, right? Now, I'm originally from New York. I haven't lived there in a long time. I was raised in traffic. <clears throat> I just right. sort of just was a way of life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I no longer am interested in that at all now that I've been away from it. Yeah. And I, like you, what, I've added two and a half miles to my yeah. commute. And it's been like 20 minutes. Yeah. It's like a, a, and, a Well, It's crazy. So I calculate that out. So I'm spending like almost an extra two hours of my life. I know. A week it, just sitting in my car. And I can, I, I don't want to complain, but I just want to say sometimes like that makes me kind of mad. Cause well, I feel it's like interesting. It's a, Remember it's when we moved there and yeah. you and I were trying to figure out cool ways to get to the East End. Exactly. And, and you know, we don't live, well, you live going through the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. I yeah. do not. But right. my point on this whole rant here or just yeah. this discussion is that even in our small second-tier city, the if we are going to grow, there is no way that we can absorb this kind of traffic. Exactly. Because we're already at, at our limit, I feel like, to a certain degree. So if we have more people, which we want and right. need to come in here, that's only going to make the right. traffic. And the work. correlation between right. commuting and happiness is high. So as someone who runs a company, I want my people to be happy. I want my great people to be happy. Right. Interesting. But that adds a twist. I like the way you're thinking. That adds a twist. It's scary, though. That's that's, a little concerning. That's what we're facing here. So that's why the woman who runs the Port Authority, we need to help her. Yes. We need to rally around her. Good point. So that people, we can get buses and light rail in our city. Amen. 
We need more because that's what we need, and that's what new people who are coming here want. We need to move more people around more efficiently. And if we're going to be a great city, we got to be able to compete like that. So I like what you're thinking. What's the name of that book again one last time, Audrey? It's called Jumpstarting America, How Breakthrough Science Can Revolve Economic Growth and the American Dream. Are you going to add that to the PTC library? Yes, I am. Very cool. I might check it out. I have my card. We got a great show in front of us tonight, Audrey. We have Karen Glottfelty from the Allegheny County Parks Foundation stopping by to talk about the new Hartwood Acres Sculpture Garden. Why is it on Tech Vibe Radio? Because quality of life matters for tech companies. That's why. Very excited about the work that the Parks Foundation is doing to get people outdoors. Quality of life matters. We have Bob Hulahan from All Water Systems stopping by tonight. And we also have Arvind Handu from Visvero. Very cool companies here on Tech Vibe. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Keep your dial tuned right here. A lot of fun is coming your way, I swear. Learn more about us, pghtech.org. It is that time of year, Audrey. I'm super pumped because it's the Allegheny County Parks Foundation's Pour in the Park next Friday night, May 10th, at South Park, my favorite county park. I know it is. Why do you like South Park so much? It's like it pulls at my soul. There's something about like the history with like the Whiskey Rebellion there and the fact. Oh, I don't know any of that. Yeah, and it's just that's where I, you know, cut my teeth learning to ride a mountain bike back when I was in really? college and You used to drive from the city? Uh, from Mount Oliver, yeah. Oh, from Mount Oliver. Which is basically the city. And uh, South Park is just this near and dear thing to me. But we also have wow. eight other county parks that are almost as cool as South Park. And they're all all represented by the Parks Foundation. And we have Karen Glottfelty with us, the executive director of the Parks Foundation, to talk about all the great work they're doing and the events they're holding to put a spotlight on these awesome parks that make Pittsburgh and Allegheny County a great place to live. So, Karen, welcome back. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here. Any bear sightings lately in any of the parks? Oh. <laughs> I'm just putting that on the table I, right you now. You know, I knew I should have checked on that before coming. <laughs> you know, or turkeys. How about over at Carnegie Mellon the other day in their INI Institute, a turkey flew through a second floor window? Oh, my. Oh, what happened to the turkey? Oh, the you don't care about anyone else, do you? <laughs> into an oven. Do you hear that? Yeah. He did what? He flew, it went, right, flew into an oven. Into an oven and dinner no, was served. I'm no, kidding. I'm not sure. <laughs> But he did fly into a building, so yeah. Ben. Well, did we you have... hear about that? Yeah, no, not flew so into the building, broke the window. Did he kill the turkey, though? Oh my gosh! Let's go on. Let's yeah, carry yeah. on. We digress. We have more important things to talk about than turkey. I'm a vegetarian. I don't eat turkey. I get that, but I really don't care about that turkey. <laughs> but so, it smashed through a big window. I didn't hear about that. Yeah. That's yeah. That's I'll, amazing. I'll, I'll, wow. I'll show you a picture of that. Gary. Mm-hmm. So. No bear sightings, nope. no turkeys. There's turkeys in the there park. Turkeys there are turkeys in the park. Turkeys in the park. And lots of geese and, and lots not... of deer. And squirrels and everything. And lots of birds, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just learned that bird watching has gone to the top of the list of it's outdoor so much recreation fun. It's it's so much fun. now. And our parks have lots of opportunities for bird watching in them. You know about the eagles yes. at North Park. Oh, yeah. Wait, I, you mean the ones that are being filmed all the time? They're being filmed all the time. Yeah. I know. Those poor eagles. Yeah. Well, apparently they're fishing up and down Pine Creek, so they're not bothered by the people, apparently. Apparently not. They're just being eagles and yeah. you know, being our national yeah. symbol. So anyhow. Yeah. It's, but eagles have no privacy now. Mm-mm. Well, these eagles don't seem to mind. No, it's not affecting them. <laughs> I don't know if the all list. eagles would be that happy, but <laughs> these eagles don't seem to mind. Okay. So let's talk about the sculpture garden. This is a big deal. This is a very exciting project. I I came to the Parks Foundation almost five years ago, and one of the very first projects that came to my attention, or issues, let's say, was 
that the sculptures that had been placed in Hartwood Acres in the mid-1980s were not in very good condition and something needed to be done about them. And so, you know, there were a lot of ideas that came to my attention at that time, but that one really seemed like something that the county wasn't going to ever make a priority of theirs because, you know, they have shelter roofs that they have to replace right. and 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 um, roads that they have to keep in good condition and so the forth. Berms you know, the have basics. to be perfect on everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the sculptures needed to be paid attention to, and so... I started figuring out what could we do, started mm-hmm. looking for money, started planning for how could we could conserve them. There Are are there uh, any famous sculptures in there? There are famous sculptors yeah. there. Oh. So Charles Jennifer, uh Fletcher Benton, um, Betty Gold. These are names, Jack Youngerman. These are names from the postmodern yeah. outdoor art movement of, wow. the, of the late 70s and 80s that are represented in... Right, because we, we haven't had, all over the country. Right. We haven't really had that kind of penetration in outdoor sculptures. No, no. At least since I've been here. No, well, you know, the, the city has had, and I'm not sure that they've enforced it recently, but a 1% for art program where, huh. you know, in that same time period, um, developers were required to devote a certain amount of money to oh, art as okay. part of their building project. And I'm not sure that's being done anymore, but... Um, it was a time when that was important, but we and and there were some sculptures that were placed on the north shore of the Allegheny River at that same time. We've but seen that's those. About, those are the, that's, that's about, about it. it. That's right. about that, it. That's from Indian culture, right? The American Native American Indians on the North Shore. Well, I think that was the inspiration, but I I don't think yeah. the sculptors were actually. But Hartwood American. Acres is this great awesome park where now all these sculptures are, are in yes. position that you can enjoy them but you said the condition was falling apart and so now the funding's coming together to restore these sculptures and give them their proper due. That's right. And Well, actually, the fact that they were scattered all over the park was kind of a problem too. And scattered. Because mm-hmm. they right. didn't they didn't function as a, they don't now function as right. a collection. Just you just kind of, kind of come upon it. them. It's a rusting, paint peeling mm-hmm. piece of metal. Uh-huh. You think, you know, what is that? Why is that there? There's no information about them, and that's another good point. Why There's we nothing there that them. tells you why it's there mm-hmm. and why it's significant. Exactly. Yeah. So but that's all changing now. So as we began to um, develop plans for the restoration of these pieces and raise money, it became really clear that it would be helpful to pull them together into more of a collection, to do interpretation, to make them more accessible by all users of the park. You know, right now you have to kind of walk into the woods or walk across a big lawn or. Some of them you don't even really get want to get out of your car at the entrance of the park. Exactly. So this project is going to be creating what we're calling the Hartwood Sculpture Garden to pull together most of the pieces after they're restored, do some new landscaping, lay in some beautiful uh, access sidewalks, lighting, signage, and then do some programming around that yeah, so that people understand right. what are these pieces, well, how did they get here? Why should we care about them? What do they say about the American art of that period of time and in the context of the whole history of American art? So could Jonathan become a docent? He could. With the proper training in knee socks, yes. <laughs> requires knee socks to be a docent, right? Yes, he could be. We're also looking to build a an app that you can use on your phone. Even so, better, yeah. You know, like you do in museums where you can... Kind of just walk along and right. say, oh, what's that? So what's the time frame now for this to, to get rolling? 
Well, this year, we're sending off six of the pieces. Now, there are 13 pieces in the park. Okay. Twelve of them have been there for quite a long time. Um, Most of them were placed there in the mid-'80s when Carol Brown was the county parks director. Mm -hmm. And she had the vision of Hartwood Acres being an arts and culture park for in the county park system definitely really? so yeah and so and then the 13th one actually came from one oxford center that was a big deal when that and was it was moved. a really big deal we did yeah. that a, a year ago um but anyway the the time frame is that six of the pieces are going to go off to a conservation laboratory in ohio uh and it'll take a number of months for them to be restored their the condition is such that they have to be in an indoor facility mm. two of them are going to be conserved this summer on site in the park, so people are going to be able to see the um, the process so of restoration. What does it take? Is underway, and this is just one yeah. of many projects that the Parks Foundation is working on to make the parks a better place exactly. and make it more accessible. We've got a couple minutes left, and I really want to plug the Poor in the Park at South Park once again next Friday. Tickets are available. It's a great time. The money goes to a fantastic cause. At the end of the day, our tech companies need great outdoor resources to attract talent and keep talent, and our parks do that. And the Poor in the Park at South Park. It's a great way to explore the park, have a couple tasty local beers, great local food. And even if you don't drink beer, there's lots of other great stuff to do there, too. Yeah, you can buy a designated driver ticket at a substantial discount. Wow. Exactly, exactly. So So pouratthepark.com. And you're going to see Jonathan there. Exactly. If you see him, ask for his autograph. I will sign it. (laughs) As simple (laughs) as that. And seriously, go to pouratthepark.com, check it out, and also learn more about the uh, the Parks Foundation and all the great work, like with Hartwood Acres. And uh, we're going to have you back regularly Karen, because we need these updates. Because thanks, because there's lots of stuff going there's on. There's so much more. We can't. Yeah, even there's cover. so much going on in South Park, and you know we have lots to talk about in the other parks too. Absolutely, great stuff. Hey, we're taking a quick break. We're coming back with more Tech Five Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting, and this is Audrey Russo. Audrey, we are from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. Once again, pourinthepark.com to get those tickets. Welcome back, everybody. I'm so glad you're hanging out with us here on Tech Five Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Audrey, I'm really fired up for our next interview. And I didn't realize you guys had met before, which I think is kind of cool. That is kind of yeah, cool. I thought it was the first time you were meeting no. Bob Houlihan here from All Water Systems, and that is not the case. No, I'm excited to hear what's going on with All Water Systems. There is so much going on. With is that, there? Right? Yeah. Absolutely. All right, well, then let's Tons jump in. Introduce yourself and yeah. tell, tell the world who you are. As I said, my name is Bob Houlihan, and almost 40 years ago, we started a company named Lindsay Water Systems, decided that didn't cover enough, and changed it to All Water Systems Incorporated, naturally. So what does the company do? We basically pay attention to water needs in all kinds of industries. I mean, every, the, the initial start of this thing was that realized that there were water softeners in steel mills for their boilers and things like that. Exactly. That were sold by manufacturers' reps, which meant, they were sold by somebody that sold a lot of different things. and They weren't specialized really, in that. They really didn't yeah. know a lot about them. So they were just, they had a lot of things in their toolkit. Yeah. And nobody yeah. available to service it. Ooh, so that's it was a problem. That fantasy dream, you know. Right. One day I'll but be the, the sales guy that guy. does that. But yeah. the sales guy's making money selling it. That was okay. I'm a Pisces. It didn't matter. You know? <laughs> I'm a Pisces. Pisces, that's I, water. Yeah. Right? Naturally. Naturally. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Oh, oh man. man. I got to. So for all, so you provide solutions for for problems, but you also have expertise in actual systems, right? Yes, yes. So it, what does that mean? Does that matter to me as a homeowner? Or is it for industrial? 
It's all for industrial. We're in institutions, universities, I was just wondering if you could help me with my water issues, but that's okay. Oh, I can do that. We did that the first eight years. You know, that was the, you know, build a business without any funding to support it. Right. Kind of scrappiness. That's scrappiness. You started on the back of your car, you told me, right? You kind of trunk of the car in the basement of the house. Exactly. And a wife that took six months to convince it. That's the way it should be. Let exactly. Me do it. Uh, that know. must have been a happy household for I those six months. I still get the months. same wife. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Fifty-seven years later. That's oh awesome. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, and I'm only thirty-nine. Figure I think it's one. great. Who cares? I count can't do count the math it twice. It. <laughs> it's great. But you switched so, to all industrial applications. Yeah. You said eight so years in. What kind of products or services do you offer? We started out with the basic: your filtering water or your softening water. Okay. And from that, we just made aware of what industry's needs were. And that's what we looked to see if we could provide that support. Because I think our listeners would would be probably astonished to know how much water is used across industry. I mean, and it has to be, you know, it has to be the the, the right condition, it has to be filtered, you know. It's, oh, yeah. It's, it's vital, absolutely Like, give vital. us an example. An example you... of chemical plant down in West Virginia that we did some years ago. Okay. They're on the Ohio River, and they were using that river water, bringing it into the plant. Okay. And their habit of doing was that, you know, we get things loaded up. We got to go and clean this and clean that because there's all this abandoned matter in in the water itself. Right, especially spring and fall when it's at its worst. Yeah, if you're taking it right from the river, there's got to be all yeah. sorts of junk in the uh, in the in the water, like sediments and dirt. So, and, yeah. yeah, so we jump in and we filter that water. Okay, take all that out so that everything else extends the time that something has to be done to it. Gotcha. And where we ended up being somewhat unique in that is. Filtration, that type of filtration was done through a packed bed of media, a vessel filled with media, sand, gravel, anthracite, whatever else Mm. might be in there. And we come in with polypropylene filter system made out of discs. And the reason we did, extremely efficient, Mm non-corrosive, and where we flush that filter to flush out all the particles and things we've taken out of the water, we'll use one-tenth of the amount of water that's used really? to backwash a media filter. Oh, that's fantastic. Now it's we, great when you think about how much water is used oh, in phenomenal. so many different yeah. things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're talking plants that might bring in 2,500-gallon right. river water. Wow. And so yeah. what about reuse of water? Are you able to help with that? That's kind of new, so we did it in-house. Okay. An example of that, we do high-purity water, deionized water, and we recharge those vessels in-house so that the people in the Various plants don't have that. When we recharge that, we use water in the process. We use deionized water to process every, everything. And when we're done with that, that water would go down the drain, relatively safe water, no problem with it. You know. And as that grew and we got more and more customers in the high purity of water into things, then we thought we ought to take a look and see if we can reuse and recycle this water because it's still good DI water. So we put in a 3,000-gallon tank of water that used to go down the drain. The drain we repiped our water bill, which at the time was running just over three thousand dollars a month. We ended up we put this in service, and within two months it was down to fifteen sixteen hundred dollars. Oh my goodness! That's and we savings. weren't we weren't rescuing all the water, huh. so we turned around and got another three thousand. <laughs> exactly, and we've now plumbed and piped that in to take care of that part of it. We don't have the new numbers on that yet. Yeah, no, that's good to show you. Yeah. I mean, the ingenuity behind it. Just remind our listeners, we're talking to Bob Houlihan from All Water Systems. He founded that company, said, like, 40 years ago. Yeah, started in 1980. 1980, wow. Yeah. That's so cool. And I love it. Yeah. And, and you're just getting bigger and better every day. 
Yeah, the beauty of it is I'm a laid-back Pisces. So okay. We've never been in a hurry, <laughs> so we haven't lost sight of trying to do it right. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So it's so interesting. What about technology? What is What has changed in the mm, last? It's changing all the time. Like the early days, deionization, I worked at a research facility when I was very young, a mm-hmm. long time ago. And their idea of high-purity water for developing new products and testing was triple distilled water. They had that mm-hmm. up in the, you know, in the loft area of the buildings. And, and then they would take that water and run it down. And if it was a critical application, they had a little plastic throwaway tube filled with the resin to deionize that water, to bring it up in pure quality. So now we go out and we have the deionized water exchange tanks. That's good for majority of the people. And if you, depending on the volume of water, like our largest deionized water tank will produce, let's say, thirty to 40,000 gallon of deionized water before it needs to come back and be recharged. You know, So if we put a reverse osmosis system feeding that, we've already taken 90-some percent of all the dissolved minerals out of the water. And so instead of you know, thirty or forty thousand gallon of water. We're doing three hundred or four hundred thousand gallon of Jeez. water. Okay. So the economics, and that's part of what right. we do. You know, we look at it and say, this is what you should do. If this is what you can afford to do, or this is what you want to do, that's fine. We'll so, work with you at any level. So obviously, it seems like everything's a customized solution. It's not just a one solution fits all. It's customized yeah. at standard pricing for us. Very. Because this is this is our makeup. Exactly. You know. We're an OEM where we need it. We, you know, we source other equipment or pieces or mm-hmm. we, if we're loaded down with work, we'll have somebody that we know well build something for us to our specs as part of a package system. Ah, excellent. But, yeah. Are most of your customers in the Pittsburgh region or do you reach out beyond right. Pittsburgh? Majority of it uh, is up to Erie, out to State College, anywhere in West Virginia. When you look at Ohio, we only go in one or two counties deep and the reason for that it's a very competitive market for the standard things over there and we don't want to fight the battle you know they got their market yeah i know you're you're making a great living here so how many folks are working in all water systems we're up we've just been in a hiring thing for the last 12 months or so and i think we're up to 16 now that's fantastic and also, you work with your family as well, too? You have other family members that are Oh, that's the dream come true, yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. Tell us about yeah. that. That's awesome. Yeah. My son graduated from Robert Morris. He wanted to come work in the business. Okay. naturally, when we were working out of the house, I had to help him. With yeah, he wanted to, help to stay home and worked out of his bedroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he wanted in the business. And, you know, I said, the first thing you do is you get out of college and you get a job, learn what work's all about. Mm-hmm. And then we'll talk about you there coming you into the business. Ah, that's a good idea. Like and, that. And now what? That's the way it went. For oh, two he never years. came back. Oh, this was a sad story. We were out celebrating my birthday with my son and daughter-in-law, wife, and we're sitting at the table. And Kelly starts, you know, come on, Dad. You know you're busy. You, you need to help hire Ron. Have him help. You know. And I looked over at her and I said, "This is as we were finishing dinner. The birthday cake hadn't come out yet. You know, <laughs> we're finishing up with dinner." She said that, and I said, well, you know the deal, you guys. you got to give two weeks' notice. You sign a letter of resignation and turn it in, and then you can start in two weeks. They pushed their chairs back and left Vivian and I in the restaurant. They went home to write the letter of resignation. Ah! <laughs> they, they, they grass grew under yeah. their feet. So how long has Ron been with the business for? 
20, let's see, 25, wow. 28 years. Oh, that's wow. like that. So every day you're working with your son? No, I'm working for him. For now. him now. Yeah. Oh, you man. are? Yeah. Oh, I'm well, sorry. when I reached that age, yeah, he became, I made him the boss. He's the man. Very cool. He's yes. the man. He's the man. See, I don't have any responsibility that way. So then you just come on the radio show and just all dressed up with nothing else to do? No, I'm, I mean, what I do is look at new products and see whether they're worth being involved in. What oh, we're doing. Very cool. Very new cool. So you have a website? Yeah, and we just, uh, Book Neil to redo it for us. Now. Oh, so it's allwatersystems.com. Correct. Learn about yeah. them because it's funny. Well, that's great. You know it, that. It's, a, it's about six years old, and what happens is that's when you put a lot of text, a lot of verbiage in it. Yeah. Now nobody takes the time to read that, so we're having it redone. Getting a revamp done. Of course. Yeah. You guys are doing some really important work, the type of work that you, it's kind of the unsung work. People don't realize a lot of water to make processes happen, to make industries happen. And you're behind yeah. that, making sure the the water is there and it's clean and it's uh, at the right uh, at the right conditions, yeah. for lack of a better term. And it's getting more critical by the day. And yeah. you started that from the back of your car for more than forty that's years great. ago. Yeah. And to us, so inspiring. That's Thank you so much for coming great. on the show. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Keep up Dad. the great work. That is Bob Houlihan from All Water Systems, making Pittsburgh proud. Simple as that. I love it. Hey, we're taking a break. We're coming back. With a lot more Tech Vibe Radio, this is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. We're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council, helping tech companies succeed since 1983. Whether it's business development, whether it's visibility, business introductions, finding the right talent, we can help you out. Learn more about it, pghtech.org. It's always wise to keep your dial tuned right here to Tech Vibe Radio, because Audrey, every single Friday night, we get to hang out with the coolest people who are making Pittsburgh be Pittsburgh. When I say Pittsburgh, I mean freaking cool. And there's never enough time. There isn't. So I always want to jump right in. Absolutely. We have Arvind Handu from Visvero hanging out with us. Arvind, thanks for being part of our show tonight. We're so glad to have you here with us. Hey, thanks, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Audrey. It's great. So Visvero, we want you to jump in a little bit and tell us what you do. So um, Visvero is basically a technology services company. And... Um, we saw a little bit of a white space in the service offerings. Mm -hmm. And what was going on is we, we felt that there was a large amount of consulting going on towards like completely innovation-oriented work. Gotcha. Which is, hey, there is something new happening. It kind of caught eyeballs. It was cool, new, sexy gadgets. Tiny objects. Exactly, to go for. And our world was more of let's get the things done for our clients. So what we focused a lot of our energy on was – um, mainly making sure that there is an execution discipline, whatever we start, we finish, and there is a well-defined boundary um, when it comes to delivering on a project. We would come in, do the job, and exit, as opposed to these multi-year, several-year-long contracts that go on with a client. So we have right, right, narrow right. focus on what we do. And so take us through a problem. Give us an example of a problem so that our listeners can understand how valuable your services. Sure. Uh, so our world is what broadly, and, and you can't throw a rock these days and not hit it, analytics space. I, I was through when it hit it. <laughs> You're absolutely right, Arvin. And, and uh, we, we, we came from the time that was a precursor to the analytics world. So You were doing this before it was cool, cool for exactly, lack of a better term, exactly. right? Exactly. We were doing analytics projects back from 2003. Yeah. Um, and only last two, three years, we're hearing a lot more about it. Okay. Um, a problem could be, for example, we were called in by a large organization, Cisco, uh, and they were having accounts receivable problem. 
Um, so several, a lot of money that they're realizing is not getting collected. That's not, a problem right there, exactly. too. Exactly. I mean, come on. And, and not, not a lot of money, but still significant, like, not to be missed. Um, in the famous words, yeah. a million here, a million there. there exactly. Pretty soon it adds up to real money. A little bit more than a rounding error at that <laughs> exactly. point, right? So they called us in and said, what's going on? And we took a look at their data set and analyzed the products. And we said, hey, it's odd. It seems to be coming from one particular line of products. And drilling further down into it, making a few calls, we realized it was the customers that were not happy with the product. Interesting. And, and okay. traced it down to this product intermittently failing. It was a $50,000 engineering fix that opened nearly $4 million of receivables for them. Wow. That's what I call exactly. return on investment right exactly. there. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Um, so that would be a problem. Okay. Uh, that, that people right. would call us in to fix. How did, so how did they know to call you? I mean, I mean what were you? What was your reputation out there where they're like, wait a second, we're going to Visvero. Because you have like fixed. 70 people, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So um, mainly our work, um, where, where we end up doing a lot of um, our, our cutting edge work, is in looking at data, looking at large sets of data and isolating these, what we call causal behaviors. Gotcha. So what is leading up to it? So in, in Cisco example, for example, we were working a lot with them on data visualizing seeing a large set of data okay. and actually just finding clusters of problems. Gotcha. So they would call us in, and that's how they found us out uh, about us. Very cool. I mean, I, I love hearing that. <laughs> With the $50,000 project, you saved them $4 million bucks. Exactly. That is impressive. Thank you. I mean, that's where I'm like, <laughs> okay. And so what are some of the trends you're seeing? So back, you know, 15 years ago, you were sort of seeing where the opportunities are. What are you seeing now? Again, I, I think the market is moving towards analytics as, let's say, that new uh, shiny object. Mm -hmm. In our world, the, the problems still remain. Um, the, the real challenges are that the data is not clean. The, the people mm -hmm. still right. don't have a reliable source right. of information. And that's where we kind of put on our other hat, which is this data integration hat. Okay. Um, we allow this data to be free, freely and effectively communicated and retain its fidelity. And what that really means is untouched, untainted, untainted, pure, meaningful data, whether it's coming from one source or many, and how do we make that happen? So so that's what our It's world... a scary problem, right? Because even I do in my world make decisions off of data that's incomplete. Exactly. And, and, it and is... Is, it, is that okay? It's not okay. Um, but, but really the value is in... Just the reliability of the data. It is about, hey, can we really trust this data? And what happens is, the way I like to describe it, is the first time you are using the gut uh, instinct over data, you're failing that data project. You're not mm -hmm. running the company. Exactly, right, right exactly. Right, so right. for a brilliant performer, for somebody who's really outstanding, that might be a good idea. For an organization to ensure sustained, long-standing success, right. clearly that's where it fails. And so how did you land in Pittsburgh? Interesting thing. There was a job ad in uh, a magazine in India okay. that said Westinghouse is looking for engineers. No way. No that, way. Oh, that's in cool. No way. In 92, exactly. you're like plumbing through and you see this <laughs> oh, wait, ad. There's like, a job ad in a magazine. Exactly. Like, come on, flashback <laughs> yeah. from the past. And, and, and you apply for it? And there was no email back then. I remember stuffing the envelope. Oh my and goodness! Are you serious? The, the job application, and it was like 
Now, 24 years later, here I am. And so they called you <laughs> and in And so they called you up? They called me up. On a phone? And we didn't. I didn't have a phone. The phone number that I had listed was my friend's. We didn't have individual phones at the time. Okay. So this friend calls me up and says, there's wow. a call for you from the U.S. And I like, attended what? the interviews. Oh, and that's, that's so amazing. That's how I'm here. And so then they flew you? Exactly. What did and you think of Pittsburgh when you got here then? Interesting story again. Yeah. Um, so I flew into Pittsburgh late night. And I'm crossing the tunnels, and that, I think, is the sight to see. Was it when February? You, uh, when you, <laughs> but it was, it, but it was, it was September, October. Okay. Right? So you come into, like, nothing on this side of the tunnels, right. and then you, you just the that. tunnels cross, and then boom, boom you right. hit, the city hits you. And I fell in love with this. Did it take you long <laughs> to decide that you wanted to move to Pittsburgh to work for Westinghouse? No. It was a quick decision. It really wasn't You accepted that. the job right then? Exactly. And then so, you went back home? Uh, yeah, I've traveled frequently back since, okay. um, but I just fell in love with That's the city. That's a great story. That is a great story. Yeah, so I, how I, long were you at Westinghouse for before you decided, wait a second, I'm going to build my own company here? I, wa- I didn't stay with Westinghouse for long. Okay. I was there for about six, seven months, and then I ended up with another local company called Icon Office Solutions. I remember those guys. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, yeah, they, they ended up being acquired by Rico later. Okay. But That's right. I, I was with them for a while. And that's during that process I completed my immigration process, got right. my citizenship, nice. and started the company in 2003. That is so cool. Wow, that's a great story. Just remind our listeners, so, we're talking to Arvin Handu from Visvero. And tell us about the name real fast, because mm-hmm. I think your name is super cool. So when we started, it was um, everything about business intelligence used to be like one vision of truth. And we basically took vision and verum, which is Latin for truth, and merged the two together to have Visvero. Uh, so that's what the name So are you for. hiring? We continue to hire. Yes, of course. So we hire a lot of engineers uh, from various educational institutions, from computer science backgrounds, but mostly also from other business backgrounds. Our business focuses on understanding the business problem. So we're not necessarily looking for computer science nerds, even though we do hire a lot of them. Um, we are hiring from other disciplines. Like One of our best engineers is a communications major from the University of Pittsburgh. Really? So we hire from diverse backgrounds. Wow. That's great. That makes it important. Exactly. Definitely. So if anyone's looking for a job, they should go to your website? Absolutely. Go to visvero.com forward slash careers. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I just love the story that like you came here, worked at Westinghouse, started another company. You're like, I'm doing my own company. And, you know, wow, what's 15, 16 years later... What, 70 people? Exactly. Are yes, business 70 here? People here. We need 100 more of you here in <laughs> yeah. Pittsburgh because you're just making all the right moves. What would you say has been one of the, the trickiest things to getting your company up and running and, and hitting your full stride the way you've been able to do here? I think um, the challenges are the same for all small businesses, which okay. is really to find our space, to own our space, yeah. and then to be able to communicate about that. I mean, um, the Tech Council has been a great champion. Uh, for that, because it gives us that opportunity to get out there and, and really see what's going on. Gotcha. And more than anything else, it's just that feeling that you're not alone. You're not the only one ah, who's having it. Exactly. Hard. Other ones are out there <laughs> exactly. in the trenches fighting a good fight. It is exactly. true. That, you are fine. alone. It's a very lonely exactly. job sometimes. Exactly. But you're building the company. You're responsible for a lot of people. And you got to build business. And like Cisco, you got to... Make sure that your account's receivable. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> are, are common. So I would imagine that is a, a ton of, it's a ton of stress. It's a ton of fun. But what you're doing is the future for us here in Pittsburgh. Thank by you. building companies 
and helping other people build their lives. Absolutely, yeah. And Pittsburgh is the city. I tried to live outside of the city. My wife and I, we lived in California, in fact, Santa Clara, for about um, six to eight months. We lived in New York for just under a year, and we find our, ourselves that we're coming back to Pittsburgh. That's great. So you came yeah. back to Pittsburgh. <laughs> That's, exactly. uh, oh, you, That's great. Do you do anything for fun so cool. outside of work? My daughter is getting ready for college, and I yeah. think at 18... That sucks up all the fun that you can have at some point of time. <laughs> Girls are an interesting uh, entity to raise. <laughs> <laughs> this is to how polite that I is. I love it, man. Very Girls great. are great. <laughs> they are. My, I mean, generally, I think they're having a lot of fun. Yeah. But right now, I'm just college circuit, college touring. Right. My daughter's getting ready for going to Pitt That's awesome. Now. Yeah. And yeah. I tell That's you what, great. We're so glad you're here in Pittsburgh doing what you're doing. Simple as that. Visvero.com. Yes. You can learn all about you there. Arvind, what a pleasure talking with you today. Hey, thank you so much. Thanks for Such having awesome me. awesome stuff. This is why we do Tech Vibe every Friday night. We get to talk to men and women like Arvind that are making it's Pittsburgh really a place where they build their companies and do some fantastic work and solve tough problems like that. Absolutely. I love it, man. I think that is just way too cool. And if you want to learn more about the Pittsburgh Technology Council, go to pghtech.org. Audrey, I'll tell you what, it's 36 plus years our mission to help our tech companies like Arvin's succeed. And we try to do that one story at a time, one business development opportunity at a time, one hire at a time, all different ways we can help your company succeed. Go to pghtech.org. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Have a great weekend, everybody. And next Friday, tune right back into Tech Vibe here on KDK for a lot more stories about what's making Pittsburgh's tech sector just as awesome as it is.